Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Yes, it's Three Valleys Radio and it's Football Bloody Hell. And we've got a full house today. I've been kicked under the subs bench, but we've got Paul Thorpe's here, Hilda Pryor's here, Tony Pounders pops up again, as does Rick Hyatt, and Will Brummel, and hopefully Nick Crittenden as well. So I hope you'll have a good show. I should be in the background recording it all for posterity. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And I've been dropped to the subs bench today, but there you go. But I will introduce you to uh, today's participants. Uh, first of all, Hilda's here. Hello, Hilda. Hello, mate. Good and to be here. Will Brummel's here, still smarting from a 1-0 defeat yesterday. All right, Will? <laughs> Getting on with my life. Yeah, that's good then. Rick, how you doing, old dog? I'm all right. I've got a question for you, though, Adrian. What's if that? You're on the bench. Yeah. If you're on the bench, bench, do you intend flouncing off five minutes before the end? No. My name's not Cristiano. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and finally, we have Mr Paul Thorpe. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Yeah, we're all good. Right, well, I'll leave you boys to get on with it. I shall sit here and listen to every word. So, well, I'll... thank you very much. I'll... I'll take it from here then, Aid. I'll take it from here. Go well, for it, old dog. Go for it. So our listeners will know a lot has happened, uh, all things Yeovil Town, since we last did a podcast. So I think there's only really one place to start. Obviously, there was the game this weekend um, against Maidstone, but I think we need to talk about um, the managerial situation first because we haven't had an opportunity yet on this podcast to talk about um, Chris Hargreaves being relieved of his duties and uh, Mark Cooper being the man that's that's come in to take the reins. Um, Thorpe, I'll, I'll come to you first. Two-and-a-half-year deal for, for Mark Cooper. Firstly, uh, do you think it's the right appointment? But before that, uh, did you think that um, Yeovil were in a position to make a change? Well, we're in a results business. I'm, you know, I'm going to... For uh, Chris, he's a good man. I spoke to him after the game. Um, 
I feel like the players, some of the players have let him down from what I was hearing. Uh, the way the way that he was trying to set up, I don't think that he was supported by certain members of the squad. But as regards to like um, um, the appointment, I think it was came probably game a game earlier than I expected. Uh, but uh, as regards to Mark Cooper. His vast experience at different levels. Um, he's certainly a good appointment as regards to um, where we're sat at the moment. Now, it all depends on whether he's going to now be allowed to um, be given the money that wasn't given to Chris. I hope that he is because he will need it desperately to, to revamp this squad. Excuse me for oh, butting in, chaps. There's, have you seen it? There's a there's a there's it. a witch fellow sort of suddenly arrived on the scene. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Our podcast has taken <laughs> over here. <laughs> I wonder what you were smiling about. Yeah. Anyway, it's Tony Panda. Good evening. Aidy, just quickly for the listener, explain how uh, Tony has arrived at this podcast. <laughs> well, he, he had a broomstick and he's certainly dressed like a blooming witch. He looks something really bad. Um, oh, my God. And as for you, your teeth are worse than mine. And that's something. But uh, there you go. Anyway, I'll leave you to get on with it, chaps. Carry on. Well, well, we'll ask the Grim Reaper himself because it's felt like that he's been over Yeovil for the last few weeks in particular. Um, Tony, what have you made of the situation at Yeovil? And in all seriousness, are you um, surprised that there is a change or do you think that the owners' hands were tied with two wins and 17 going into this weekend's match? Well, obviously, you don't want to see any manager um, lose his job. But um, looking at the results, probably, um, you know, the results speak for themselves. So I've seen... Other managers go furthest, but um, I think like, I just caught the end of Paul, like um, saying, as he had the backing from the chairman, Chris, we're talking about, to actually show his full potential for Yobletown FC. Um, so it'll be interesting to know, obviously, Mark Cooper's come in, to see if he get the backing, because if you don't get the backing, then you're limited to what players you've got. I don't care if you're Pep Guardiola coming in, you're going to struggle. So it'd be very interesting, do in my eyes, to see if he gets the full backing. Rick, do you um, agree with what the um, other boys have said? Uh, you have to, really, don't you? That's the situation. I mean, Chris Argrees must be kicking himself that, as we've said in previous weeks, it was a great opportunity after the Solly Moore's win to press on. You'd think that there was an opportunity to beat Taunton and then get on a roll, and that didn't happen, and he's paid the ultimate price for it. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, see what happens. Will, welcome to you. Like the others have said, um, I guess, really, with the change being made, it's all about whether or not um, the funds will be available for Mark Cooper to obviously try and shape his squad. Because if that isn't available, then it might be more of the same. Well, yeah, exactly. If Chris Hargreaves wasn't given the funds, why is Mark Cooper going to be given the funds? I always find it fascinating that 
you know, Chris was sacked a week or so ago and straight away as a manager. So I do wonder when the search for new manager started. You know, how long ago? A month ago? Six weeks ago? Because it was all very, very quick, wasn't it? And as you say, is he going to get the funds? You know, is he going to make a difference because he's a better manager or is he going to get the funds? It's, it's, it's always the same, isn't it? You know, I've spoken to Aidy about this and is Mark Cooper a friend of uh, Priestnall or Scott, whatever you call him? And how, how did he get the job so quickly? It must have been, had they been at secret, obviously, secret meetings while Chris was still the manager. Dorothy, you want to take this? Oh, um, I know a little bit more. It's, um, the, the, listen, nothing would surprise me in football. Um, I think that certainly something was going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't want to delve too much in because I don't, I don't want to like, put the, the station in, uh, under disrepute, if you like. But um, I certainly don't think that it was, he's been given a fair crack of the whip, Chris. You know, I think that it's um, he's, money's been, definitely been held back. Um, opportunities to get certain players in have certainly not happened when he wanted it to happen. And certainly players are at the football club that I don't think uh, have been his choice. Um, so it's been very, very difficult. Now, and we, we also have to realise where, where the football are, football club is as regards to the stature, the financial um, situation of the football club and how this club and the owner... Um, how he means of, of ways of getting out of this situation, and, I, and that's what I'm not sure about. And I, I worry for the foot. I've said before, I'm worried for the football club. I, I'm, I really am. I think financially, we're in certainly in the in the depths of the realms where, if we're not careful, um, I don't want us to be another berry, and that that worries me. Uh, there needs to be a plan. Listen, there's no, no, no two ways about it. We know that Mark Cooper has got the, the, the stature to and the ability to get this football club out. He's got the contacts. He's, he's had a grounding of non-league and, and football league experience. He's had success when money's been put behind him. And that's the part that, that's going to be the interesting part is, is he going to be backed now Um with the money that it wasn't given to Chris. Um, you know, Tony knows a little bit more than I do. Um, but I, I certainly, you know, this is an opportunity, you know, as, as much as, it, as, as Chris wasn't given the opportunity, this now needs to be a situation where this is an opportunity to move forward. Now, relinquish some of the funds and allow a manager to do his job. Tony, just um, coming in on what Will was saying, um, on the flip side of, obviously, Mark Cooper coming in almost straight away, um, is the owner in this case kind of um, in a catch-22 situation? Because if there wasn't somebody waiting in the wings straight away, then people would be looking at it and thinking, well, what's the plan? So I guess by definition, you do kind of, if you are thinking about changing a manager, 
you do kind of have to do your little bit of homework while your manager, your current manager is still in post? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, like you say, every chairman's got to have a plan in place. Um, obviously, Chris has been, they've been struggling for results. So they would have been looking two, three weeks ago. They, um, they obviously have to put a little bit of a plan together in case they do sack, which they eventually have. So it's not just, like I say, you time they do it everywhere. So they've got to have a plan B. Um, the thing is, like I say, I keep referring to, is Mark Cooper going to have the money to spend? Um, we've only got to look back at the record. What we've had four or five managers now in three or four years. Um, sometime we've got to look up and think, well, hang on a minute. We're going through all these managers. Is it uh, bigger than we think at the moment? Is, you know, is there more to it than the club? Um, we've got to look a little bit deeper. Are they getting the managers? Because like I say, we can't keep having four or five managers. Potentially good. Chris potentially had the nothing like I say. If, if we would have had the money available, um, saying he hasn't had all of it, but if he had the money he wanted, um, could he have gone and got players and actually built his side? Uh, you'll never know with, with Darren Way, Skiverton, uh, so we don't really know if they've had the funding to actually buy the players they want. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Mark Cooper's had there uh, gets the same situation, or will he be able to spend the money? Rick, I'll come to you next. As Tony and Thorpe have just touched on, that if you actually look at the person that they brought in, in which case, as you say, it's, it's Mark Cooper. For Obviously, you might look at it and think, well, obviously, a, a manager probably these days is you know, only really as good as the funds that are available, certainly to give them a, a helping hand. But out of the credentials of manager that were probably available, Mark Cooper probably would have been right up there towards the top, you would think. Surely, if you just looking at his um, CV and what he's managed to achieve at clubs at a similar stature to Yeovil so far in his career. It's more of a, a safe pair of hands sort of appointment rather than speculative one with Chris Argreaves hoping that it would come good. You've got a manager who, like you say, has got form, got reputation at this standard and uh, by all accounts is a bit no-nonsense, which might be exactly what the current squad need. You know, you've that different, a different voice Maybe you can get a tune out of him, but and he's more experienced at that level. So obviously, that's what the board have gone for and and trying to bank on. And of course, just going into the to the game itself, and we will I'll come to you. Obviously, it was a one-one draw this weekend. Um, just moments away from obviously it being the perfect start, wasn't to be. But I'm sure um, from what managed to hear from the weekend it would certainly be encouraged but like what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks there is players there at Yeovil if they can obviously up to Mark now to get the best out of them Yeah it was a disappointing end to the game you know I was looking for a 1-0 win and then to have a penalty right at the end against us um, it was a bit, a bit sad um, the only thing is Maidstone uh, the bottom as well so it wasn't as if we were playing a decent team um, so I, I don't know. The, the, the appointment of Mark Cooper and that game, um, I, I can't believe it made any difference. I think the, the players were playing for Chris, even though he wasn't there. Um, Mark Cooper just happened to be the manager. And it, we'll see what happens in the next game. 
it was disappointing. Typical Yeovil letting, you know, having a lead and not keeping it. But they're getting better because it was in the 96th minute, I believe. You know, so, you know, they're dragging it out quite a bit longer than they have been in the past. It's just unfortunate Maidstone haven't got any internet, so no one heard the commentary, which was a bit disappointing. Um, we'll just have to wait and see the next game. As you say, Mark Cooper seems to have the credentials of being a manager at this level. It's just interesting to see if new players come in and are there are these players his choice? You know, has he got contacts that he knows about or players that he knows about may be available? But it's it's just about the future, isn't it? You know, as you say, we a lot of the players probably have are talented, quite young. Maybe they just need an extra kick up the, behind in order to make them play better and be able to win the game. Um, before we do move on, Thorpe Pounder, you boys would have been in dressing rooms where there's there's been a change. Um, just how different is it when that change happens? I guess you get a bit of a, not a divided camp as such, but you're going to get the players who are obviously Hargreaves players who were was he being picked regularly and probably had a good rapport with him versus the players who were frozen out of the team a little bit will probably see this as a fresh opportunity to now try and get themselves back into the team and sort of try and find a different opinion of them with a different manager. I'll let Tony go first. Matt. Yeah, I, like I say, whenever a manager comes in, it's a, it's a clean sheet for everybody. So um, the players who haven't been playing um, we used to refer to them as the bomb squad. Um, they're back in with a clean sheet. Um, the players, obviously, who were Chris's or the manager's favourites, they're they're no longer the the favourites. They're not guaranteed first team. So it does it does feel like um, you're all starting on a clean sheet, and you're there to impress the manager. And often you'll see when a new manager takes over that the results pick up for one or two weeks because everyone's trying to impress. The training is high intensity. Everyone's trying to get their place in a team and impress the manager. So it, it does. It doesn't matter what club you're at, wherever a new manager comes in, it seems to pick up for a little bit. But then obviously, can they sustain that? And that's when he finds out what he's got in his squad. Yeah, it's always a bit of a worry, isn't it? Like, I always found that it was a bit of a worry because if you're playing well and you know, a new manager comes in, is he going to like your style of play? Is he going to like you as a player? You know, if you're like settled into a into a, a, a club on a fairly decent contract, it gives you a little bit of leeway. But um, you 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 want a, you like anything? You a player wants to be liked. He like likes to be want you know wanted, and. Um, you know, certainly you, it's almost like a restart, like Tony said, and um, you've got to be on your metal and uh, nice and sharp. So it's uh, it's also a different style of play, isn't it? I know I, I was sort of like, uh, when I left the Oval, playing in a three at the back, I then went into like Dorchester, where he wanted to like play too much football at the back. And, you know, and we, we were like letting in goals because there was, we were almost like overplaying, you know, and um, when you sort of like, try and express your opinion, you know, and uh, sometimes you can get stuck uh, stuck there. You know, it's a, you sort of say, it's a, it's a, the players are not, not uh, in the squad or in the team. Uh, it's, it gives them an opportunity just to impress the new manager and hopefully they do so and hopefully you can turn it around qu uh, quicker um, 
you know, quick as as quick as possible. Like you know, he's got the credentials. I mean, like he had four four hundred and fifty seven league games and and scored one hundred and fifteen goals, and he's managed the likes of Tamworth, Kettering, Peterborough, Darlington, Kettering, you know, Telford, Swindon, Notts County, Forest Green, Barrow, and now at Yeovil. So he's he's um he's certainly got you know the background to um you know to to, to be successful. He's just like I say, he needs the tools to do it. And um, obviously the game next for Yeovil is, um, it doesn't get much trickier, probably when you look at the um, the circumstances around it, that they go to Darren Sowell's Woking next, who has probably loved nothing more than to be able to get a result against his old side. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean he's going to be up for that one for sure. And, uh, you know, he's bedded his players in. Um, you know, I, I don't know where they're actually in the league. Woking, well, well, they're in fifth place. So they're going well. Um, so they're only letting 18 goals, scored 29, got 27 points. So, yeah, they're going well. So he's definitely going to, you know, he's bedded his team in. They're doing well. So it's a tough one again, isn't it? You see, you know, the, the league's getting stronger and stronger as we go on there. So, um, um, it just goes to show, though, isn't it? It's funny how things work out. Uh, Rick, when you look at, as I say, Darren South Woking now in fifth place, how yeah. you would take that right now? God, yeah. <laughs> take it in a heartbeat, wouldn't you, really? So, moving on then to the Premier League and... Um, well, should we call it the Rick Hyatt Derby? Liverpool leads. Oh, what a... <laughs> we're going to have to start with it then, aren't we? <laughs> Liverpool one, leads two. Rick, Sorry, you start. Again, I missed that, Dave. Can you say that again, please? I missed it. <laughs> uh, you only get it once. Damn. <laughs> Adrian, snip that up. We'll have that. <laughs> what? Did you watch it? Uh, no, I was a cricket. My cricket club dinner, which was very nice, uh, but it was a treat when I got back. It was the perfect, perfect way to end an evening to watch the mighty Virgil Van Dyke lose his first game at Anfield. Marvelous! I enjoyed it very much. Did you enjoy it as well, Will? Um, I didn't see too much of it because I was going. I was at the anti cricket club meal. Um, I don't know if Rick probably realises that or not. But anyway, I didn't see it, but um, it's it's just one of those games. You know, I suffered one last night. You know, Liverpool lost. It was just unfortunate, you know. But I quite like Leeds, so in a way, uh, it wasn't too bad. If it had been... Who's left Who's left in the relegation zone that hasn't beat Liverpool yet? I don't, I don't Wolves. So that's <laughs> Sophie, before I come to you, um, Pounder, just very quickly, because obviously a lot is obviously going to be made of it in Liverpool this season, and I'm sure you're loving it just as much as uh, the other lads. But um, in terms of the game in isolation, the goalkeeper had a stormer. On another day, the chances go in, and it's not really seen as a crisis. But I guess when you're in a bit of a rut, over many games, then obviously people will point to it being a bit more of a problem. It's always the same, isn't it, when you're in a bit of a rut. They haven't been in one for three or four years. Uh, Liverpool, they've been building. Um, to be fair, nothing surprises. Trick or treat, they're already. 
Yeah, um, but Abby's on front door duty, so... Uh... <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was Klopp coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's always uh, welcome in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. Like I say, nothing surprised me in the Premiership at the moment. Everyone seems to be beating uh, anybody there. Um, obviously, I wouldn't really too much into a Liverpool crisis. There's still... It's still a good side, and I didn't see all of it, but they had 70-odd percent possession, was that, against Leeds? Yeah. Um, although Leeds defended well, and the keeper had a blinder. Another day, that could have been five or six to Liverpool. We the first goal didn't help crisis. either. First no, goal didn't no, help that they conceded. <laughs> well, the last couple of years, they've had a bit of luck. They've rode the luck a little times, where they've, like, you know, hung on 1-0, and they've been up against it, I think. Um, they were always going to have a little dip, weren't they? They've got to because they've been playing so well. And the intensity they play at uh, and that, um, the players are still, I think, like I say, not burnt out, but they're still coming to terms with it. I think he needed to freshen up the midfield this year, which I think he's regretting now he hasn't done in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like with, um, you got Milner and Henderson, fantastic pros. But I think it's time now is where they should have introduced a, uh, Bellingham from Dortmund think, or something yeah, like I that. Think a Rick, Rick made this point a few weeks ago that I think they put all their eggs in the um, in the Bellingham basket, but then once they yeah. sold Haaland, they weren't going to sell Bellingham. And I think no, they I think... quite wanted Chouameni as well, who ended up going to Real Madrid, and then they had their two main picks um, taken, and then they sort of gambled on waiting another year, but obviously it hasn't worked yeah. out. Well, the thing is now as well with um, Bellingham, he's Looks like he's going to go to the World Cup. If he has a, if he starts for England and he has a fantastic World Cup, what's his price going to go up? And who else are going to be after? I see Grealish. Madrid there, Real Madrid, yeah. 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 And if Liverpool finish outside the top four this season, and and by some way, and his his price goes up and up and up, and he's going to want the very best. And suddenly, Liverpool aren't in the same place to be able to attract him as they would have been say, this summer? I always uh, refer to when Ferguson was at United. Every time he won the league, even on the last day when he won the league, he was always bringing in one or two players, top-quality players, literally kept... It didn't matter if he lost Beckham, Keane. He brought in someone. The conveyor belt kept rolling on, which I think this year probably Klopp has just missed that a little bit. Mr. Trick, where I think he probably needed to add one or two, especially midfielder, and keep that bandwagon rolling. Man City are doing it now, aren't they? Every year they seem to get one or two. You know, they go out and get big. And, and I think it's paying off, and that's where Liverpool's Mr. Trick, I think. If you stand still, you go backwards, don't you? That's what Fergie yeah. always says. Yeah. Why he yeah. it up all the time. Mm. But it's only two weeks yeah. ago, Liverpool were back being the best team in the world because they beat Man City. What happened there? So, what did happen there? Well, I think it covered a lot of flaws. One, one fantastic game, but uh, the, like like Tony said, they 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 missed their their chance. They definitely needed a sharpen up the midfield. As Tony, I couldn't agree with what he said more. Actually, he was absolutely. You saw this coming, Thorpey, didn't you? At the start of the yeah, season, you thought there would be a drop off. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a drop off. I felt that they didn't recruit enough. Um, to this you know, extent, though. Um, oh. Excuse you. 
I've got to say, no, I've got to say, I could, I could see it. I could see it. That I was worried about that top four spot. And, you know, with the likes of Bellingham, as I say, you know, if he doesn't get the top four, and it's looking doubtful, I've got to say. Um, only 16 points. They're well, well behind um, the likes of, you know, Newcastle in fourth place, 24 points, playing really well. He's got them absolutely banged. Then you've got Man United resurgence. Chelsea still fighting for it. Fulham are up there. Brighton are playing amazing football, I think, at the moment. And um, Liverpool are languishing because it just doesn't look like they're... Um, it's going to be a big turnaround, even, even like this... Uh, even this early in the, in the season, like, you know, with the World Cup coming in, who's going to get injured, you know, possibly who's going to go play well. Um, it's certainly, I think, already a very, very difficult thing to get in that top four. And, um, you know, like I say, if he doesn't do it, maybe the Bellingham thing won't happen. Maybe he'll go to Real Madrid. You know, and, and where else are they going to look for a top quality player? You know, and uh, they should have taken their chance and... Um, Maybe up the money to get Bellingham, I think personally. Like, but um, uh, only time will tell and see see what happens. Isn't it? I never thought I'd actually. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? We're a very friendly neighbourhood around here. <laughs> Are you guys not? <laughs> Maybe that's for another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is probably something that I didn't think. I'd ask, and it's not necessarily something that I necessarily believe myself, but Will, is there any danger that if it continues like this for the next couple of months, that Klopp is in any danger of any sort of job insecurity, or has he got too much credit in the bank from the years gone by? I personally think he's not in any danger. He's, he's a top quality manager. Who could they get to replace? You know, they just... As Salby's saying, they're just going through a bad patch. It's just one of those things. And I think Tony mentioned it. It happens. It happens. Even the great uh, Alex Ferguson, I believe, Rick, had some dodgy times. And they kept hold of him. And he completely changed it around. It'll be the same with Klopp. You know, the, I can't see the board ever getting rid of Klopp. You know, he might walk away, but I can't see them ever getting rid of him. Because there's no better manager out there. It's just, you know, it's a blip. As you say, a few transfers that didn't come ahead or go ahead. Um, they've had they've had injuries. You know, that was a really good left midfield player. I've forgotten his name. He's injured, and I, I think they'll come. I I tend to think they will still finish in the top four. I don't know if it's you know if it's something. I like it. Well, I like it. I'll have a tell you with you they don't. <laughs> I think they will. You know, Arsenal will drop out, and and Liverpool will go in. But I've had a drink, so. <laughs> Rick, just moving away from from Liverpool on the flip side with Leeds, oh, we're yeah. talking about we we're talking about Jesse March yeah. last week. And to be fair, I don't think you were sort of in the camp of him being under too much pressure. It might have been a bit more media noise than the reality. Mm. But the scenes at the end, it certainly looked like the players were were with him, and it was obviously a really big scout yeah. for them, yeah. and him in I particular. Like I like him. I like the way he manages. I like the way he motivates. He came out after the last run of results, like we say last week, and, and said that he was angry. He was fed up with losing. He wanted to win. And that's what you want your manager to say, isn't it? You want him to try and get some spirit in there, not just continually make excuses and bleat about the pitch being too dry or too wet or any of those other things that other managers have blamed things on. 
and just get out and, and get his get his team playing for him. And and he got a tune out of them on Saturday and uh, just enough. Just finished third from bottom. That'd be plenty for Leeds. Thank you very much. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> He's got an interesting feel about him, hasn't he, Jesse, Jesse March? He's almost that kind of guy that, you know, if if you, if you went to your parents and you found your mum having drinks with him and she tells you there's nothing to worry about, he's kind of like that kind of vibe he's about him. That, he's got that big disadvantage <laughs> of being American and just hearing Americans use football terminology just sounds wrong. And he's so... Rightly or wrongly, you know that's that's going to count against him in some people's some people's I've eyes. I've not heard him it. actually say football yet. Has he not? Yes. Has, has he not said the word football? I think. Well, he, maybe maybe his... maybe maybe we'll do an additional podcast and call it soccer bloody hell. Oh. Just for... <laughs> <laughs> don't. It's football. <laughs> He's certainly, better than the, he's certainly better than the last American. One of them was at Swansea. Was it Swansea? I mean, he was at Bob Bradley. Bob, Bob, Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley. He was the you know archetypal I mean? Ted Lasso, wasn't he, that fella? You know what I mean? So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think he's just a hard-working... Uh, he knows he's got a lot of, lot of work to do there. And, uh, in there and, uh, he's intense, and, isn't he? Yeah, it is intense. And um, they, they've lost some good players as well. And um, he just needs to knit that uh, team together. And I think he'll I think he'll get out of it, personally. Like, but... Um, um, Just very yeah. quickly, then. Um, last word, Tony. Are you, do you think he's a, a good fit for Leeds, considering whoever was going to replace the Elves are obviously had big shoes to fill? Oh, massive shoes to fill. I think the, the fans. Well, they still love him, don't they, Bielsa? Um, I think, like I say, they were starting to turn the fans probably last week. They were still uh, the singing Bielsa's before. name, weren't they, the last couple of weeks? But he he's going to be royalty forever in Leeds they absolutely loved him he was just um, he obviously got them promoted and it, it was just the way they played and how humble he was wasn't it like living he lived above the corner shop still he yeah. didn't drive a fancy car no mm. no airs or graces about him and I just think he's going to be a legend there and whoever was going to take that job even if it was a big name was always up against it so I, I'm glad for him that he's got this win because you could see afterwards like I say what it meant to the players as well I think they're working hard, and I I think, like I say, if he'd have lost Saturday and another two or three games, he would have been under serious pressure. I think. Um, so personally, I I like it. Like I say, he's um he's got a little bit of time now, and hopefully they can go on a bit of a run. Because I like watching Leeds. I must admit. Mm. So elsewhere in the Prem, then. Um, oh, Dave, Man City. Hilda, got a question oh, go for on. you. Got a question for you. Which team this weekend scored three goals? I managed to come on the wrong end of a 4-1 defeat. Well, we'll come on to that next, shall we? Would that have Go been on, in man. the Graham Potter derby by any chance? <laughs> Could possibly be alluding to that, yes. Well, go on, Rick. You, you've asked the question, what, what, what did you make of it? Because I think a few people were a little bit concerned about Deserby not getting that win as much as they've had some good performances in there. And Graham Potter had done really well since he gone from Brighton to Chelsea. So that one was was quite the eye-opening result, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm really pleased for the uh, Brighton manager because they played well in the games that they haven't got results in so far. And they sort of, like, come on the come on the wrong end of them. And to get a, a result in this game, uh, you're getting sacked in the morning, I think is quite funny. <laughs> booing. Booing Graham 
Brighton Port. I don't see they've got Brighton fans have got more to be thankful to him for than to have a moan about. Were they genuine or do you think it was seen as more banter? Because he's yeah, because obviously he has done so well for them and left them in a really good place. I think Potter did seem genuinely like hurt by it, even though he obviously didn't. Didn't say well, he that, said, didn't he? After the game, he said, "Oh, I don't have to apologise to anyone for what I've done and whatever." So yeah, it might have got under his under his skin a little bit. I mean, the the you're getting sacked in the morning is just funny, but the booing I just think was a bit un, a bit unnecessary. Is it not enough to uh, to beat in four one? What sure, did you that, think, that Will? Happened. Big big win for Brian. Yeah, massive win. It is strange going back to this. Um, how how a team? I know they've been playing reasonably well, Brighton, without getting the results. But it's kind of um, storybook, isn't it? That the returning manager comes back and the team whoppies and a player team. as well, of course, in Cucurella. And Cucurella, it's 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 crazy. Football's such it's fine dividing lines, isn't it? Between a win and a lose, it's or a performance and a non-performance. And he had a really poor game, by all accounts, considering he did all that he could to leave Brighton. <laughs> well, I could never understand how you could pay 60-odd million for a left-back. It just seems ridiculous to me. But it was a great win for Brighton. They say they've played well in the past few weeks since the new manager's come in without getting the result. Great result for him. Great result for the fans, pure fans. You know, they're a good team. Good setup, Brighton. Where does this leave Chelsea, Thorpe? Just a blip or an indication of why Potter had to take the job in the first place because there is issues there? No, I think he's, I think he's done a good job up there. He's got, he seemed to have hit the ground running at Chelsea. You know, you can't win every game. And as, as a premiership, as Tony said earlier on, it's, uh, it's always going to bring up these odd results. And, um, you know, Brighton have not a team that, um, even with a new manager, he's, he's trying to keep that, uh, that flow going. Um, he likes to play expansive football and, um, you know, like you say, his performances of the team have not been bad, you know, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd certainly take his performances than what I've seen at Liverpool at the moment, you know, for sure. And, uh, you know, so um, it, it, I think the manager just needs to carry on doing doing his job. I mean, Potter, he's got the experience, he's he played in European football as well. So that's why he's been well-grounded, he did a fantastic job at Brighton and now he's got his reward by going to Chelsea. Just let let him settle down. You know, it's, it's very early days yet for Potter, and he's going to have the odd blip. You know, Chelsea do occasionally have the odd blip, and um, it's, it's nothing. Uh, I wasn't surprised. You know, two own goals, mm, bit disappointing for, uh, for them. But um, I think that uh, overall, I think Brighton possibly deserved to, to to slightly nick that game anyway. You know, three one, bit flattering, but you know, it's um, it's a decent result for them, isn't it? Uh, just on the an England front, because I feel like we have this conversation going into every tournament, but Pounder, I'll start with you. Should we be worried about Sterling's performances at the moment? I don't think so. When we got Foden, Grealish, uh, the blokes of Bellamy, we got so many youngsters coming through at the moment. Um, so I'm not too concerned, I must admit. Um, he's low, say, every player goes through a bad time, through a bad patch and that. Um, sometimes their form league form, uh, sorry, their team form going in, go to the England game and they transform all of a sudden back into, like, he's never let England down, has he, um, Sterling, every time he's played. He's, he's been a bit of a tinker man as well since he's been into Chelsea, so that's probably not helped with the chopping and chasing of personnel every week. 
I don't mm. think so. Like you say, it hasn't helped him the move at all. He hasn't settled quite at the moment. Um, I think Potter will get the best out of him, definitely. Um, and obviously, um, same thing, it's going to pick him, take him. Um, he could be like a potential match winner for us on his day. But we've also, I'm not over concerned, we've got so many good youngsters coming through at the moment. You have to remember as well, like going into the last tournament, it was all talk about his lack of form and he went and, and, and performed extremely well. Should you Should you be concerned at all? Rick, would you would you be concerned at the um, the sort of lack of um, goal creation or anything that Sterling's offering at the moment from an England perspective? Or like the boys have touched on, we've sort of been here before, haven't we? I tell you, who's not worried, and that's Gareth Southgate because England's first lineup in the World Cup will have Harry Maguire and Raheem Sterling in it, regardless of what they did. They're both they're both being the first team first uh, side that. Southgate picks in the World Cup, so it's, it's irrelevant, really. It's difficult for Sterling because he's been asked to play left wing back, which uh, is a bit mm-hmm. unusual. Which is a bit unusual for someone that he was part of a your main two man strike force for the country. But uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think it matters really. The the, the farcical World Cup is going to be a complete change, culture shock, change in every way to the football they're playing at the moment because you're going to go from an English winter straight into, I know it's a Qatari winter, but it's still going to be the same as playing in the summer, in the space, in the blink of an eye. So circumstance, how you, how well you're playing in the cold wind and rain in England isn't really going to have any bearing on how you're going to play in the sunshine of Qatar, is it? Oh, it's it's air-conditioned uh, Qatar, yeah. isn't it, really? Yes. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how, how the, uh, the football develops in these, these stadiums with all the... Per, the perfectness of it all because it's all brand spanking new um, talking of air yeah. conditioning Thorpe is that why Pounder's face looks like it does right now <laughs> been down to the front door <laughs> <laughs> have you been uh, out on your broom how, how many um, drink breaks per half of this going to be at the World Cup then five or six <laughs> don't know it's a fast you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't need it with an air conditioned uh, stadium it should all be at the perfect temperature so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting isn't it but uh certainly england need to pick up their form for sure uh performances have been um poor i think that he has been uh tinkering with the uh you know the side just to see what he actually thinks which which i wasn't worried about the results i just would like to have seen him score a few more goals but you know and uh, the lack of goals has been has been a worry but as soon as we uh uh, hit the ground. Well, I'd like to think we'll hit the ground running. Um, I'd like to see an intensity in our play. I don't want to see us play continental football. I want to see us play with a bit more intensity. So, uh, especially when we get up to, um, you know, sort of into the final third, you know, and uh, and start opening up uh, teams. So, it's going to be interesting to see what his final squad's going to be. And How many players are actually taken to the, to the um, World Cup then? Uh, is it 26? 24, I thought it was, wasn't it? 24, 26. Yeah, they made allowances for the last tournament, didn't they? They were allowed three extra players because of the circumstances. I don't know whether they'll change anything for this one. But... See, uh, David De Gea's not even in Spain's 50-man squad at the moment, so they're provisional 50-man squad. <laughs> There's going to be a few players well-rested by the time the uh, World Cup's over. Well, let's it's come fun, on to it's that. Funny, it's funny, though, isn't it? just very quickly, very funny that, because the actual Spanish national coach was watching um, the Manchester United game 
and he had an absolute blinder. I mean, as the West Ham in the second half really took the game to to, to Manchester United, and uh, he was he was out. He was by far out the best game I've ever seen him play. He was outstanding. Yeah, United were hanging on for the last third of last third 40, of that last forty five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. I don't care. It's one nil. It says one nil. Yeah. That's all that matters. Well, that's yeah, what I was going to bring it next to. Um, Rick, just very quickly, because um, talking the Man United game, you mentioned about Maguire there. Um, he had a good game. Is now Varane's obviously injured up until the the World Cup and beyond. It's now up to Maguire to get his form back and um, really kind of like you've touched on. He's probably going to end up playing anyway, but a chance yeah. for him to really try and find some form going into the World Cup. And yeah, because. You consider the the stick and the vitriol and everything he's had, and then he could have he wouldn't have played uh, yesterday had um, Lindelof not been taken ill before the game. So it's like all of a sudden an opportunity for Barry Maguire opens up, and uh, it's up to him now to take it. He's, he's got that opportunity again. He should get a run of games. What's that? Three, four games left before the before they leave for the World Cup, or we finish for the World Cup. So if he plays in all of those. And if he plays like he did against West Ham, then there's no issue. There's no. Pro- it was. I was so nervous watching him play because you just knew if he did anything wrong, if he put a foot wrong anywhere, it's all going to kick off again, and everybody's going to be on his back and what have you. And it's just unnecessary, really. The bloke had a few bad games, and he was playing in an unnatural position for him, like right yeah. hand side centre half. So I mean, he actually, yeah. to be fair to him. He, he did a good job. My only worry with Maguire is he, he likes to take a backward step instead of a forward step. You know, I like to see him stay tight to a to a striker where instead of he actually backs off and it almost allows them to turn and come at him. I don't think that he's the quickest player he should be doing that. No, he, he needs to be intense in their yeah. places. And yeah. Impose. yeah, absolutely. And when he does that, you know, then, 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 uh, you know, it's, listen, defending never changes. You need to keep, you know, you need to keep tight to your striker, you know, because the last thing you want them to do is is turn and have a run at you. Yeah. And the thing is that, that uh, one thing that's going to help Maguire is he's going to be playing alongside currently the informed best defender in the Premier League, Martinez, the Hobbit. There's always going to be a problem, on it? And he's turned around, he's, he's made a few people eat their words with his last few uh, performances. Now he's leading that defence. He's changed the attitude of the whole thing and a competitiveness and a togetherness that United were blasé and lazy previously. But Ian Half made a difference, that lad. Loves a mm. tackle, chucks himself into it, wholehearted. And if you're in that sort of side and you've got someone like that, then you can't help but follow them, really. So yeah, did, you steal, did you steal him off Arsenal as well? Weren't they sniffing around as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Even sweeter. Just put, yeah, put, put the feelers out. See if Arsenal are interested. If Arsenal are interested, then just nick him because you know he's after decent <laughs> player. Because the scouting system has been shocking over the last last few years. So just wait and see who else is interested. On the other side, we'll, we'll come to you in a minute from a West Ham perspective, but just on the other side of the attacking situation, Rashford getting his 100th goal, um, getting a header fire. as well, wants more he's headers. Absolutely, he's absolutely on fire at the moment. From a position where he looks least likely to get in the squad of any of the people, he's the informed striker at the moment, the informed English striker. And he's got the experience. And coming off the left-hand side is 
a position that England have had issues with, really. Grealish hasn't really done it. Foden not pulled up any trees in an England shirt. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rashford back in the, not just in the squad, but back in the starting eleven soon. All right, boys, I'll go around to each of you just to put you on the spot. Thorpe, I'll, I'll start with you. You're taking three English strikers at the moment. Who are you taking? Well, Kane's there. I'll take, take Rashford. His body language is telling me that he wants to play now. You know, before yeah. I, I, I talked about body language before, and uh, he looked he looked dead and buried. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely take you're taking, him. Are you taking one of the Tony, Calvert-Lewin or Wilson? Well, I, I get the feeling he likes Wilson, but... He was there, wasn't he? Southgate was at the South. Yeah. I think he, he likes Wilson and, and Wilson gives them a different a different uh, uh, a fit Wilson a good Wilson yeah 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 you know and I think it gives them a different dimension so Wilson yeah so and <laughs> another thing as well Newcastle are playing well and and a, and a good confident player going into a World Cup I would take every time over somebody who's not looking confident if it if Russia would have, would have been like the, the player he was last season, I wouldn't have taken him. I yeah. wouldn't have even put him in the squad. No, you know. But now him. look at him. He looks hungry. He looks. He's got a smile on his face. And uh, I don't know what they've done. But um, what you about know, you, Pounder? Are you taking are you taking Rashford right now? Yeah, right now I would definitely. Um, I think Southgate said um, he's only taking players who's in form. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, and I would take the Newcastle forward as well. Um, for me, Kelvin Lewin's a good player, but he's he's probably rusty as well. He's gonna be he's gonna be short. Tammy Abraham. Um, yes, he's pulling up yeah. in Italy at the yeah. moment, and that um, he's on fire. But well, I think we got abundance, like I say, at the moment. Um, the lad at Brentford. Tony, Don't you um, think with Tony yeah. at Brentford, if he was gonna if he was really in Southgate's thoughts, you would have played him in the last game when he had him in the squad. I think if you've answered this, this is my criticism with Southgate. The only criticism is when um, friendlies or this um, Nations Cup thing, he has his chance. He knows what Kane can do. He knows uh, his midfield and stuff. This is the chance to play these people and see what they've got for me. Uh, Tony, like I say, uh, Anthony, or any of them, like I say, play them. Callum Wilson, play them in those <laughs> games and see what they can do. Tony, would, would you not look for a different style of striker? Like, people were talking about Gerard Bowen. I mean, for me, Gerard Bowen, again, gives them a different outlook on the, on the opposite side of the pitch. You know, and uh, when, you, when you're like, we've had in the past, we've had too many similar styles. So you've got the difference of, like, Kane's style of play, Gerard Bowen's style of play, the Wilson's, you know, uh, to Rashford's side, you know, and, and they're, they're all slightly different. And I and that, that's that part of me, I like. I like the fact that I've got a different option because if you just slap on another, you know, target man, say, you know, or somebody who plays like Kane, then they're almost the defenders of, oh, I know how to play against that. I'll just do exactly the same as I was before. But if you give them a different option, a different problem, you know, Ger I think Gerard Bowen coming on as a lefty, you know, cutting in on, on, on cutting in from the right hand side, and he's also a good distributor of the ball, and his work rate is fa fantastic. Not, you know, he's also good on a, on a snapshot. So I think 
personally, I think he might have a little bit of an outside chance as well. It is funny, Thorpe. It is funny how, I don't know if you boys have noticed on Match of the Day over the last three or four weeks or so, in the Match of the Day studio, Tony's a shoo-in, then Wilson scores a brace. Oh, Wilson's a shoo-in. Mm. Rashford has a good yeah. chance. Oh, Rashford's a shoo-in. And they're all saying that they've been saying it for ages. Well, you can't take all of them, which is it just uh. makes me laugh that they've all been sort of touting all of them as the weeks have gone by. But we'll I'll come to you on this one. I personally think it doesn't matter because if anything happens to Kane, I think Southgate's a type of manager. He's going to play Sterling through the middle, isn't he? And he ain't going to play the rest of them. Well, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I, the thing with Rashford, I, I never count Rashford as a striker. Um, I always feel he's he lays back a bit on the left-hand side. And, you know, he, he's very quick um, and he can make a goal out of nothing as such. But I never consider him like Callum Wilson or even Kane. I know Kane drops a lot, but... Rashford, I would take Rashford anyway, but not as the striker, not as the number nine, should we say. You know, what what um, Thorpe is saying about Bowen is uh, is equivalent with um, with Rashford. You know, Bowen plays on the right and Rashford always seems to play a bit more on the left. Yeah. Fast. Um, mm. You know, I, you're right. He'll just play um, Sterling as centre forward if Kane ain't playing. This is This is... But I'd, I'd like to see Callum Wilson go, and I don't know how many can go, but Ivan Tony, I'd like to see him given a chance. Calvert-Lewin, yeah, he's too rusty. It's too late, unfortunately, I think, for him. But you never know with Southgate. He kind of sits on his hands a bit and um, takes the players that we probably think he will take. Just but, very yeah. quickly, Will, on um, just on the Man United-West Ham game, obviously as a West Ham supporter, what did you make of it from a West Ham perspective? Um, disappointing. It was the best game I've seen West Ham play this year or this season. Um, Say so the result was a disappointing one goal, and uh, Rashford scored a good goal. I'm not sure if he was headed it where it went, but um, he got up well. Was a bit, the laughable part was the um, right back who used to play for what's his name, Gary Neville, gave him the match of the, uh, the player of the match, um, which was ridiculous. It should have been Dallow or De Gea, but. You know, it was a, it was it was an unfair result. We deserve West Ham deserved to get at least a draw, but it's all about scoring goals, isn't it? You know, and it it makes the Man U fan sleep soundly for a couple of weeks. You know, until our children. <laughs> I see the producers come back into shot. Have we are we on a five minute warning yet? Five oh, take that mask off. <laughs> just just one thing about the, the United uh, West Ham game West Ham got off lightly because Anthony was injured and couldn't get on the pitch to display his full array of skills did you see that on the Thursday night what yeah come on then last five the minutes let's make it any other business ever that was just <laughs> rubbish most pointless Absolutely bit of showboating yeah, yeah it wasn't even showboating no, he kicked it straight out of touch. And it was just the most useless bit of showboating ever. Yeah. Well, By the way, has anybody seen Rashford sack him or didn't um, drop him because of it? Yeah, like um, Trent Alexander-Arnold was injured, but still fit Against enough. Against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's not on the team because he's injured, but he's on the bench. Nice one, Jürgen. 
So just very quickly then, as we're about to wrap up, so obviously elsewhere, um, City beating Leicester, no no Haaland, no problem. Big win for Arsenal over Forest. Forest showing that, you know, Liverpool are no problem, but they can't beat anybody else. Um, mm. Newcastle United, big win for them. Wilson, we've touched on. What about Almiron as well? He's loving life at the moment, isn't he? Unbelievable. On fire. On fire. Has he got Jack Grealish to thank for that? <laughs> Didn't do him any harm, did it? <laughs> Kiefer Moore, of course, two goals for him. Um, that second we... goal, his second goal at the weekend, that was absolutely one of the best headers I think I've seen in ages. That was uh, at any level. What a finish. I think he learned that at uh, Yeovil, didn't he? I had to head a ball. What could do with him right now? Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Because when he was at Yeovil, one of the issues I remember him saying, I know it was a very different part of his career. Is it? He was big striker, but can't head a ball. <laughs> now, now, now look at him. Yeah, I think it's all. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, you support Man United. Touche, touche, Aidy Hopper. Game of two. Tony Grim Reaper, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Not a problem. Nice to see you all. Well, thanks for joining again. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Rick. Yourself. Ah, always a pleasure, sir. Thorpe as well. Yeah, uh, from the little contingent, uh, it's always a pleasure <laughs> to see Rick with a lovely smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> what I've had to put up with you over the last few months, <laughs> you're getting some back, son, I tell you. And AD as well, producer, uh, Tony, also, also a little bit on. as well. <laughs> got a stellar group of people lined up for the podcast that we're going to do for the world cup so keep your eye on our facebook page for details of that but we've got some really quality good people coming on so i'm sure you'll like that we've not got good good, good quality people now i'm back on the subs yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. if the listeners like, like listening to like, this it'll be a like different lineup just... Yeah, it sounds like we've all got our P45 lads. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can, <laughs> I, can I see a red card around somewhere? <laughs> oh, dear. Boy. You've been right. listening to football. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs>